You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chappell and Matt Adams, I'm Dave Griffiths. We appreciate you tuning in for this edition. As the Colts have wrapped up, Mike, minicamp, a day early, in fact. It's amazing how fast things go. I mean, how, how many of our podcasts were focused on free agency, the draft, Richardson, and him being in there? And here we are. We're entering the only dark period on the NFL calendar. This is it. The next for like five or six weeks, the only news we're going to get locally, but they've got three unsigned draft picks, which is just there's spotter whatever it's a matter of time and and we're going to get the isaiah rogers decision other than that it's it's nothing better hope it's nothing yeah the only yeah the only time you get news in the off this time of the season it's not good stuff we were talking the other day at headquarters it was the uh, the david perry situation at this time uh like i don't know how many years ago that was but uh stole a golf cart and uh allegedly and was there was uh, video of him being drunk and it was it was not good it was not good yeah see he had started like 15 or 16 games his 32 he, he, yeah, he started his first 32 years. games and then they just cut him yeah, there he goes he was like okay we're not dealing with this uh so so yeah it's, it's bad news that comes out this time of year so you hope to stay stay off the, 20, uh, 2017 for a, a quick google on there you that. go uh, six years ago gosh time flies it does um so well, he, he was cut before that was incident cut before? i, I, I okay. thought so it's like yeah they wanted better because right. you know, i but, thought he was cut after that maybe incident, he was but, I don't but, but what it shows you i mean you may be right what it shows is if you do something and you're not like a top 15 player uh-huh. they're gonna catch you that was right around the start of chris ballard i think too okay. wasn't it i okay. think hey, so ballard comes in he's like we're, we're, we're not dealing with this you just can't, if you're a knucklehead you better be a good player yeah because you know team's tolerance it's the old jimmy johnson thing where, where there are different rules for different players there just are there's <laughs> if you don't like it that's too bad is it fair no but it, that's what it is that's the nfl so don't screw up go, go home do your work you know get your work in and just relax and enjoy the kids. Yes, no doubt. Um, so the uh, the team ended minicamp, like I said, a day early as a uh, pair of uh, offensive and defensive uh, linemen successfully fielded some punts out there that we got to watch. That was a uh, sometimes those things can be high comedy. It wasn't. It was they were right to oh. him. They caught him. It was perfect. Like boom, right. The in offensive the, right. tackle was like he didn't move. I do this all the time. Right. Yeah, those now, guys look good. They did. Now, they now look the fantastic. They weren't going to practice today anyway. No, they were not. So, so you know, I, I, I kind of laugh where they had to catch these. No, he was going to give them the time off. But it's always cool to see them do this. And they've done this, this at camp before where they, they put the defensive lineman out there and it's sort of a competition. Mm-hmm. It, I think at camp what they do is if whichever group wins the, the competition, the other group has to run sprints. So, right. so there's motivation. But it, it's – We'll get into it, but th- this mini camp, this off season was was really more about installing the offense, but getting some, starting to build the chemistry, mm-hmm. uh, in, in bonding. And then they went bowling one time, so you know the the nut cutting time will be in training camp at the end of, end of July, and that's when this team will start to come together. Well, you better be careful running sprints because you all know what happens uh, oh, when people start running sprints at, at, at Colts practices and camps. And I'm sorry to to open up a uh, a fresh wound. Uh, you gentlemen, but hopefully uh, Rodrigo, not Rodrigo, sorry, Rigoberto Sanchez will be will be back in full swing, literally, when uh, when training camp. Said he's comes back up. kicking, so that's, that's a good what he thing. says. Yeah, so we should see him kick a few times probably during training camp. I would imagine the team will gather at Grand uh, Grand Park Sports Campus in Westfield in late July. Uh, schedule will be out soon-ish. That's another thing that we'll get yeah, over yeah. the coming weeks as well. Another bit of news from the Colts to see the exact days that they're out there, the exact uh, themes for each day, and all that. Uh, the exact days when uh, other teams, uh, the Lions, I think. No, 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 no. Is it the Lions? It's the Bears. Wait, who is it? Bears. Is it the Bears? Yeah, the Bears, Bears. are going to be here. Sorry, NFC North team is mixing in my head. The Bears will be here. Um, so so be ready to, to put some Sharpies on your calendar for that. Well, and, and the owners even, he's tweeted out a few. There's going to be, is it three evening game practices, I think? I think that the, the scrimmages with the Bears are evenings. Uh, I think there's a... There's two. There's three or four evening, which is really cool, because it gives the, the people that have day jobs mm-hmm. a chance to get out and, and watch. Uh, they're going to have great, I think, uh, attendance. 
during minicamp because this is a chance and it's a new team and there's hope and there's a buzz. So, you know, looking forward to it. And, and it's, it's, they're going to go to camp that, that last week is the Monday's July 24th, I think. And I'm guessing they're going to go to camp Thursday or Friday. But we'll, like you said, we'll get that at the end of the month. August 12th is the first preseason game that is in Buffalo against the Bills. Regular season opener for the Colts will be September 10th at home against the reigning champions of the AFC South, in fact. Prohibitive favorite. That's right. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, fortunately, you get them at home week one. It gives you a chance to actually win the game if you're the Colts, you know, based on recent history, at least, is uh, is what I'm referring recent to. Recent long history. Exactly. Quite, quite a few, a decade, basically, of history. What is it, eight? Nine. I don't know. I've probably been to all of them. Like like we've said many times on this podcast, it is my curse that, that follows them. I think our own uh, former uh, CBS4, Fox 59 sports anchor, Trisha Whitaker, was at one or two of them, to be fair. Um, but now she lives in Florida, so she went down there and uh, hopped on with the Tampa Bay Rays. So Florida was so nice to her, even though it wasn't nice to the Colts, uh, that, uh, that she, she made it a permanent home out there. Uh, nevertheless, um, so, so let, let, me be, let me be an old curmudgeon for a second. As we uh, as we are about to get into the news, and we'll have really two weeks of news to talk about since we really focused solely on uh, Isaiah Rogers last week. But 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 chap, like I've said this before on this podcast, everyone who's listened knows that I think the Colts, the Carson Wentz era started to go a little south in his very first summer when the Colts decided to cut way way back on what they were doing off season wise. Well, this is obviously cutting one day of minicamp is much less than cutting virtually the entire offseason. But this entire offseason, Shane Steichen, Jim Ursay, every offensive coach we've talked to have stressed how important reps you're, you're are. You're going to go there, aren't you? For Anthony Richardson. Yes, I'm going to go there. <laughs> like Every rep is important. We need He needs reps. He needs to get out there. He needs to be practicing. Well, you just canceled a day of practice. Why? Because you wanted to. Not for any specific reason. But right now, you've already taken off a day. I, like, is this going to be a big deal? I don't think so. But it, it just it seems counterintuitive to me to cancel a day of practice when you have no reason to do so, and you have a rookie quarterback who's trying to get on the same page as these guys that he's throwing the ball to. I think in November, no one's going to remember or care. And if you're going well— I always well, remember, Chad. Well, I know. <laughs> so if they're going well, I'm going to say, see, it, it didn't mean squat. And if they're struggling, you're going to say, see— Exactly. So, you're right. It, it, it's it. I don't think it matters. Some teams have hit, some teams got like a week. They did all of minicamp, and there, there's reasons for it. I guess I don't know what the reason is. I mean, the Jets well, cut an entire week with their new quarterback. We're, and we're not Rogers. talking workload management like the yeah. NBA. So I don't know. Uh, I don't think it matters. But you're right. It, it's you're harping. Everyone's harping reps, 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 and you probably just cut to oh, twenty reps. 25 reps from, from your rookie quarterback. Does it matter? I don't know. I, I do agree with you that like every rep matters. I just, I've always wanted them just to get through off season without anything significant. And we've already had two significance with Rodgers and uh, we'll get to it, uh, Daniel Scott, the fifth round pick tearing an ACL. Yeah, I, I might as well mention that. So that is the good thing about not practicing one more day is there's no chance to get anyone else injured. But it is a uh, rookie safety. Daniel Scott, the fifth round pick, um, was uh, had tore his ACL uh, during OTAs, and he's going to miss this entire season. Non-contact. And, yeah, you know. Awful. He was a special team standout at Cal, so we, we thought that maybe he was going to have a special teams role here. You figure with the guys that they have right now with Blackman and uh, Thomas penciled in as your two starters. Plus, hoping to see Nick Cross take that next step. Those that's, the, that's still a thin group. It is still. N- n- number-wise. Like, exactly. Like, I'm saying you're hoping to see Nick Cross take the next step. So, like, your third, your, your first backup right now is very inexperienced. I mean, he had a good preseason last year, but what does that mean right now? It means absolutely nothing, nothing. going into this yeah. year. Yeah, I, I was just like, oh, boy, it hit the secondary. And then it, it's sort of a, a double whammy there because they were expecting this guy highly because he was a really, really good special teams player mm-hmm. at Cal. So they were really expecting him to have that role and get on here. So now you're thin, not only at secondary but now you're thin at special teams as well i'll, I'll tell you this there there's a name to, to watch during during training camp for the final 53-man roster it's trevor denbo because he made the 53-man roster last year maybe people may not remember out of training camp but then summarily got hurt and was basically out for the entire season
season, if not out for the entire season. I forget. I know he was out for a long time at least. Uh, so another like a safety who's expected to be a special teams guy contributor. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's fully back from his injury, ready to go. He made a slick one-handed interception the other day too at training camp in their final day off of uh, Sam Ellinger, who probably had the best day out of any of the three quarterbacks. By default. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes, exactly. The, the other two just I mean, were... no, he, he, he had a good practice. He had a couple of good practices. He had a perfect he, deep ball to Mike Strawn, who he, summarily been, dropped the ball. Oh, jeez. You talk about a guy that needed needs to have good practices and days. I just didn't see Strawn do what needs to be done during an urgent period. Yeah, I, I'm right on board with you. I, I think the the window is the window is this far away from being closed. And about for, an inch. Yes, exactly. I was going to say, for this is great radio uh, or great <laughs> podcast. Uh, people can really see what I'm doing. I was going to say, my fingers are very, very close to, to each other, as you might imagine. So. And, and, and this is when the top receivers, you know, Pittman and, and Pierce didn't exactly. practice. So Golden opportunity. You just, when you talk about reps and reps, some guys it does mean more to. And everything, every chance Strong gets, he, I hate to say he's got to cash on every one of them. I mean, you're going to have. You got to cash on something. Like cash. Right. That's that's all, all I'm asking for from him right now is cash in on something. You know, we've seen very little of him cashing in on the opportunities he's been given. At some point, he's got to make some sort of a leap. Yeah. You, you know, to get onto that roster. I mean, he got on the roster last year, but almost by default with what they had at receiver. But you know, and he's so big and he's strong and he's fast, but it's just not clicking, and it's it just it stinks, man. The Colts. No, go ahead, Chap. I remember one of the things you we talked about going into camp. Things we wanted to see. And something you mentioned, I think top of your list was somebody show somebody flash, mm-hmm. and I don't think anybody did. I, I just it was just a camp where uh, you just didn't see anybody really take the the bull by the horns, and the, the you know a lot of the rookies didn't didn't practice because of injuries. Mm-hmm. Richardson, I thought, was kind of what we anticipated, right? Er, you know, erratic, uh, so, some really great moments, but. I just didn't see anybody just jump out and say, you know, look at me, I deserve to be here. Yeah, he he had a Richardson had a really big underthrow of Brashad Perriman as well in camp the other day, and I uh, for for me, I would like to see him overthrow Brashad Perriman. You know, it, try to do that. Try try to overthrow the guy who's the burner, and if that happens, you're like, okay, I can live with that. But over, underthrowing him by like ten or fifteen yards on a deep ball that allows three defenders to to converge in on him was just. Not not what I wanted to see in that scenario, but but you're right. Like he he has don't don't take this to mean that he's he's done nothing well. We've seen him do some good things and throw some impressive balls, and uh, some uh, from early in OTAs uh, finding like Kylan Granson on a play here, finding uh, Ashton Doolin down the sideline there. Like there there's been some good impressive things that we've seen from this quarterback group. So so don't don't think I'm. I'm saying that it's been been a disaster start to finish, but but the I think the the times where we've turned our head and said wow have been more few and far between, which is not entirely unexpected with a rookie quarterback. Uh, since, since you mentioned his name, I'll, I'll alter what I said. Kylan Granson flashed, he did. I thought he was pretty good from start to finish, which you need to see because you keep waiting for him to mm-hmm. be that I don't know fifty catch guy. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I thought he, he probably, of anybody out there offensively, he had the best camp. He always made plays, I thought. Uh, so it was good to see from his point of view. And it is, it is impossible, so don't ask us to judge the offensive line right defensive now. Defensive line. Them too. If, if you come out and say, I saw – no, you didn't. You saw nothing. You saw, you, you saw the same five – you saw the same five guys line up. You saw Blake Freeland work at right tackle when, when Braden Smith was out for a day or two. You you saw nothing as far as what to expect from these guys other than those five guys are going to be your starters. And it's something that, that I asked Shane Steichen near the beginning of OTAs, like, these guys aren't in pads. Like, obviously, you can get better work done with receivers and quarterbacks and, and all that. But at the end of the day, as we saw last year, like, it, it doesn't matter if the receiver and quarterback are on the same page if the offensive line isn't on the same page with one another. That's what they kept coming back and back to, uh, talking to Ryan Kelly, just saying that four guys are, are doing well and then one guy screws up. Like, we're not communicating well with each other and it's not the same guy every time. So so that, that unit needs to be on the same page for anything that has happened, Matt, over the past couple weeks to matter at all. I, I was just going to ask you guys uh, about Granson. Like, what did you mm-hmm. get? Because, you know, that is a crowded tight end group. And yeah. my thought was when they drafted another guy that he was going to be the odd man out. So, I mean, what what's impressed you guys about him? 
run and catch, which which is what he does. He's not going to be a blocker for you. But I thought I thought he did a real good job of running underneath routes and turning up field, and for the most part, catching them all. He had, he had one or two were, that got away from him. But I just thought, again, but keep in mind, he, he and Mo Ali were the ones out there all the time. The other, the, the rookie Mallory, was, was he got hurt in rookie minicamp. Right. And then Jelani Woods and, and Drew Ogletree didn't practice. So he had chances. <laughs> but, he but, had but, but at least he, he, he cashed in mo- most of it. Exactly. And one thing, and I, I probably, I mentioned it early on, and, and you know, it's a, yes, it's a crowded tight end room. But a couple of the guys haven't done much for a while. Pharaoh Brown and, and is it Caden Smith? Yeah, mm-hmm. Pharaoh's more of a blocker. And I think right. Caden Smith was an undrafted free agent last year or something. Or maybe yeah. he was so, drafted so we'll, late. So we'll see where this goes. But they're going to probably keep four. And it's going to be good competition. But, boy, they need to get Chelani Woods out there. I'm trying to think what he had, what was a hamstring or what. And, and and then Ogletree went back from the ACL in right. training camp. So they need those are going to be their two guys. Yeah. I really believe that Mo's going to be Mo. Unfortunately, I think we've seen Mo's ceiling. Mm-hmm. I think, and he's going to need to primarily be more of a blocker. I think because I don't know that the other guys are really suited for it. So it's going to be really, it's still going to be interesting to see how that group kind of develops I, I think Farrell Brown is kind of more of a blocker himself too after his I don't know five or six years in the league like I I, I think you can we, we do say and rightly so that it's a crowded tight end room but you can almost predict what Ford's going to be it's going to be Mo I think Kylan Granton's going to be there for sure because he's the more experienced of the group and Will Mallory didn't do much to to impress anybody in the offseason so it's going it's going to be Mo it's going to be Kylan it's going to be Jelani for sure and then that last one's going to be between, I think, Alec Ogletree and Farrell Brown. Did, did the Colts decide they need Farrell Brown in there as another blocking tight end? Or is Alec Ogletree impacting hmm. the team enough? Drew Ogletree. I'm sorry, Drew Ogletree. I keep saying Alec. Alec. Pierce and yeah, yeah, Drew no, Ogletree. No, I'm sorry. I, I get him mixed up, like, too. It's, it's Andrew, and, and that's, that's why like, I, re- I keep remembering him. I know his name is Andrew, but uh, thank you, Matt. But, no and, and again, it's an ACL issue I'm back from. Well, he... And he's a guy you could put on practice squad. I don't think anybody or, or, or would really does he, slash, you know, does, he start, does he start camp on pup because he's not ready yet? That's quite possible too. Perhaps. Yeah. And we need to always remember that you know the practice squad. That's sixteen guys, and these this team maximizes the use. Now mm-hmm. you put a guy in the practice squad. He's a he, he's there for anyone to, to 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 sign at any time. So you know you do that at your own risk. Mallory on practice squad. He's I, a fourth round pick. I know that that's wasn't he or was it fifth round? Was it fourth? Or fifth? They, had, they had like twelve like fifth round picks, so I can't keep track. I thought he was. I thought he was a five. Okay, fourth or fifth, anyway. Yeah. Like, but yeah. but they let they like him, but they like him. So uh, maybe again with, with the ACL on on Drew Ogletree, maybe he starts on pup. Maybe he starts the season on pup. I don't know, but uh, it, it's really a good problem. If it's it's a good situation to have where you're going to have quality players to decide who's on the practice squad, who's – he was a fifth. I, I, thought, I thought he was. But the, he, he, needed, he needed snaps right. in OTAs, and, mm-hmm. he, and, he, had, and he, had a, he had a boot on his right foot. So, you know, that, that's a long that, – that's four weeks. Yeah, that, that's four weeks of, of, that, of that foot injury. So we'll see how it plans I out. I just tried to, to, to Google that, and I Googled Drew Mallory. <laughs> see, now I'm confusing everybody. <laughs> So is there, is you're what, welcome. Who, who is Drew Mallory? Uh, he is had, that another one of Bill Mallory's kids? Great <laughs> right? kids? He could be. It, it said he was some marketing guy. Okay, uh, right. It was the first thing that came up. No. So. Then, then we don't care about him. The Colts have signed safety Michael Tutsi out of North Dakota State, undrafted free agent. He was here as a on a tryout basis. Uh, over the past uh, couple weeks uh, during during the offseason. But with uh, with Daniel Scott going on uh, injured reserve, it frees up one more space for a safety. The Colts add Tutsi out of the alma mater of you-know-who, uh, you my, my favorite guy uh, in the whole world. Our also, guy. also Warren Central. Also Warren Central. He and Juju Brintz were uh, teammates. That's right. And I saw David Bell, former wide receiver from Warren Central, tweeting about that. So uh, I was wondering if, uh, how David Bell knew him. I did not know that. Good job, Mike Chappell. Uh, expert on all things football here in central Indiana. Warren Central related. That's right. Go Warriors. Uh, he started all 15 games last year, by the way, for the Bison. Um, Colts side wide receiver Brashad Perriman, who I uh, mentioned all, already earlier, who that happened at the earl- earlier last week, which we would have discussed him last week, if not for the uh, escapades and uh, tribulations uh, going on in the cornerback room. But 
Uh, Perriman is uh, a decently sized receiver at 6'2", 215 pounds. That's that's not not too shabby. It's more of an outside threat um, than than an inside slot guy. Been known as a speed guy for out, throughout his career. Has had some decent seasons as a former first-round pick, but nothing that ever really wowed you. Um, one of his best seasons, he had five or six touchdowns. And last year, he only had nine catches for 110 yards. So this will be the fifth, I believe, team he's played for uh, in his eight-year NFL career. Uh, one of those guys that was drafted in the first round, chap, because of a, um, an exceptional talent, his speed, hoping that everything would fall into place and nothing fell into place for him. But nevertheless, is still an NFL wide receiver because he has legit NFL speed, hoping to add that to this receiving room, I guess, is Chris Ballard. We've had one of these guys here. Is that so? Philip Dorsett. Yes. That's, that's what caught my yeah. – You're, what you're I a first-round pick and, and speed. And, he, you know, for, to, for his credit, he, you know, he, he's still hanging around and making plays. But Exactly. I, th- this one didn't really – Perriman didn't really grab me much because, you know, f- first of all, at this time of year, these guys are out there for a reason, as I always say. And but but it, it's there's there's no there's no risk involved. Mm-hmm. You know, if he makes it, he makes it. If he doesn't, you say okay. You know, th- thanks for and he can go home with a Colts jersey. <laughs> but uh, they need again. We need to see how the receiver room pans out. And uh, Pittman, Michael Pittman. I don't think he was on the field at all. Uh, he he missed a couple of practices with it because his wife was giving birth, and then he had that hip injury that. Right that uh, Shane Steigen said, well, it's not crazy. So so he described it to me yesterday, Pittman, Pittman did, not not Ballard or Steigen. Uh, I, I asked him about it because we got the chance to speak to him briefly. And uh, he said, first of all, he's getting no sleep with kids at home. Congratulations. Know the feeling. Um, uh, hopefully a thing of my past right now. But anyway, um, Pittman said that this is something he dealt with all last year. That was his quote, that he dealt with this all last year. Like JT with his ankle. Pretty much. And so um, so, so the question I basically posed was, has it been tough to sit on the sidelines or have you been itching to get out there? Are you comfortable in the role you've been? He says, like, no. I'm like, I've been fine sitting out because this bugged me all last season and it was rough going through last season like this. So we need to do everything to make sure this is not an issue this coming season. Any, any surgery that, that he didn't had? It sound like it, no surgery, no. Boy, so, you just, if it's those nagging bother- injuries. But, boy, if it's been bothering you, I guess if it's something that can be addressed, I don't want to say simply because some things can't be, but you always hate to have a guy who's been slowed and sidelines by things and you don't have it done. Right. And then come August or September, they have the procedure, whatever. You hope that's not the case. And I, I, I can't remember last year that I noticed his play impacted by a hip. I don't know. He was more impacted by crappy quarterback and offensive line play. I would agree. <laughs> so so we'll see. But, but again, he, he's not out there. And, and, and Josh Downs, for crying out loud, you know, he had a Knee. Now, again, I don't know whether yeah. that happened in rookie minicamp or what. And you don't know the severity because during this time of the offseason, if you've got anything that doesn't feel right, you don't practice. You just don't. So, you know, we won't know any of this until training camp and who's ready, who's pup, you know, and, and we'll get to maybe later on. I haven't had a chance to go through Matt's, Matt's outline, but the, the, the day they report, What's up with Shaq? If Shaq's on pup, I'm sorry. If he needs motivation, if Shaq's on pup, he's going to get a lot of motivation. Houston, there, Houston, Houston we have a problem. And talking. So, but we'll see. It's why I try not to get too bent out of shape now. Although the Daniel Scott thing is really, really awful for him and to the team for, as a lesser extent. But you just, I, I just let's get to training camp and see who's ready to go and who's not, and the people who are not might be a Taekwon Lewis. It might be, you know, Ogletree. I don't know. But, boy, if Shaq's not ready to go, he's going to be about nine months removed from surgery. And, that, and that's a concern. The Colts did sign a pass rusher in Jannard Avery. That was on June 1st. Has eight and a half sacks over five seasons in the league. His rookie year, he had four and a half sacks alone. Um, the Colts signed former – I mean, the uh, the Cowboys signed former Colts defensive end Ben Banigou. Congratulations to the Cowboys. Good luck with that. Um, he just needs a change of if scenery. If he needs a change of scenery, then boy, I, I, I hope that's a big change of scenery because there, there are a few people 
like fewer draft picks that I can think of in my decade here covering the team. You've had a couple decades, chap, but a guy who played out his entire rookie contract that contributed so Much. little to the product on the field, whether it's special teams or actually playing in starting offense or starting defense. There, there, he might have had as many healthy scratches as he had tackles during his time with the Colts. Strange. They, they kept waiting because of, of the athleticism. And, and then when they changed coordinators last year, they thought, well, maybe this would work. And it didn't. At, at some point, generally, long before the end of your, your rookie contract, they say, okay, we, we, we whiffed on this one. Mm-hmm. You just cut bait and go at that But point. they didn't. Uh, and I, I agree with you. It's one of the, the, the rare he, – he, you know, a lot of guys play out their rookie contracts and aren't resigned. Because because they, they 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 would be too much to, to to resign or whatever, but rarely does a guy play out his contract. And you said, really, he was here for four years. Mm-hmm. So so we'll see if maybe a change of scenery is in order. Goes back to his uh, home state of Dallas. Can't, can't hurt him. No, exactly. There's nothing that can hurt his his uh, career right now. Uh, Rodrigo Blankenship signs with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, signed as an undrafted free agent by the Colts, of course, back in 2020. Hot Rod. Had a record-setting rookie campaign, in fact, in Indianapolis. And then a hip injury took him out in 2021. And uh, 2022 started with a kick that very much should have given the Colts a victory in Houston in week one of the season. 43, 44-yarder, nothing No, nothing super. crazy. Yeah, mid, mid to low 40s. And he whiffed on it. And that week, see ya. Uh, that was the, uh, the last chance from uh for for hot rod here in uh here in indy um respect to uh our, our former producer joe hopkins who was his he was his boy hot rod so we'll pour one out for joe uh as we uh as we celebrate uh maybe tonight uh, the opportunity for another uh hot rod resurgence down there in tampa and quite uh coincidentally you guys matt adams already laughing i didn't about notice this. that until it was brought up to my attention he is competing with Chase McLaughlin, McLaughlin, for the starting job down there in Tampa, just like he was last year here, right here in Indy. And to be fair, Hot Rod did win that competition because he got the start week one. So he's beaten him once, technically, only to uh, be supplanted after uh, one week of the regular season. So in seriousness, like uh, Hot Rod, like I, I like the guy. He was... Uh, he was direct with us. He was um, I, like I, I enjoyed talking to him. He was never a, a pain to deal with. He was uh, quirky. He, he was very quirky, and that's fine. Some people are like you don't get, especially among kickers, uh, you don't always get the typical uh, cut from the cloth uh, jock. And uh, Pat McAfee, of course, is far from the t- cut from the cloth. Uh, we've had some uh, unique kickers here in the past. Adam no, Vinatieri, Vinatieri the was fact that, like, like not not out of the uh, not out of the out of the What's the word? Not off the rails unique, but just unique in the fact that in, in who he was and what he meant to this game. And, uh, and Vinatieri covering him was uh, what was was unique in that way. But uh, but anyway, yeah, best of luck to Hot Rod. All, 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 all that to say that. See, th- this is why I, there was so much, and not criticism, but eyebrows raised when they signed Matt Gay to the second highest, you know, valued contract for a kicker. Mm-hmm. Well, the if if he's if he can if he's that guy and they believe he is he's had two or three really good years, that's something you don't worry about. It's like with Vinny, you know he was here he was here for fourteen years after after ten years in New England, right? And until two thousand nineteen, Vinny was darn good. Yep. You didn't worry about that position, and yeah, he's a kicker. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But 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 to have a kicker that you can rely on. You know, Justin Tucker in Baltimore. They don't worry about it. And uh, to, to not have to worry week to week about, you know, like with, with Hot Rod, it was, boy, how, how close do we need to get? If, if it's at the 50, you know, if you're looking for a 50-yard field goal, you're not really comfortable with it. Well, that, that's what you want. You want a kicker that's going to be a 90% guy inside the 40, but it can knock down 50 yarders too, and, and, and Matt Gay can. And in some aspects, like Hot Rod was a good pair for Frank Reich because he liked to go for it in those situations anyway, where you're like in the uh, in plus territory and it's fourth and three or fourth and four from the 
36 yard line. So he was more aggressive in that light naturally, not just because he had a kicker who was shaky at 50 plus, but I'm sure that also made the, uh, made the decision a little easier at times to go for it uh, in those situations too. Um, you, uh, you talk about Adam Vinatieri having a 14 year career here in Indianapolis. Jonathan Taylor would love that. He would love to be here for 14 years, although 14 Ain't happening. Years, I was going to say, Chap's already saying no. For a running back, 14 years would be super impressive right He'd now. He'd be Frank Gore. Exactly. Hey, we would love to have a, I, I'd a take that, albatross man. like Frank Gore back here again. Um, Taylor wants to retire as a Colt. He said it before. He said it again this week. But uh, the question is, what's the cost to keep him? What are the Colts willing to pay? Um and, Matt, we've been keeping our eyes on some other running backs out there right now uh, in, in free agency. And things, things are not falling in line as running backs would like right now throughout this offseason. No, salaries going down. Guys that signed uh, big contracts are getting moved on from their teams. You know, they're getting cut. Uh, Dalvin Cook this week was the one that stuck out in my mind. And then the big contract that Ezekiel Elliott got a couple years ago, you know, he's no longer with the Cowboys either. So. Well, it's Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. He signed, he signed uh, that, that monster extension with Carolina, and then, then the, the next two years he played 10 games. Now, you know, his value to them was, was whatever they got draft pick-wise to go to, go to Frisco. But it, the league has – it's amazing. This is a cyclical league. And, again, maybe 10 years ago, Todd Gurley, they got really, really good extensions. And, and now, good luck. It, it's – it's really swung. It's a pass-happy league. And uh, the note I looked at was, is, and I had to triple check because I didn't believe it, but only two play, three players, three league rushing champions have reached the Super Bowl. Only three. Uh, Sean Alexander, uh, Terrell Davis, and Emmitt Smith. That's it. So you need to run the ball. You do. But who is Kansas City's uh, – Leading rusher last year, Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, seventh-round pick. Yeah, I was going to say sixth, seventh-round pick. I think it was seventh-round, yeah. So, so you need to run the ball, but you you don't need the guy unless he's just special. You know, the Colts didn't give Edger James a second contract. Now, it was different back then because I think his rookie contract was a six-year deal, whatever mm-hmm. it was. But first of all, Taylor will not retire a Colt. Ain't going to happen because – he, 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 you just don't let running backs play that long with you. But the question is, like, like you mentioned, is how do you value him and, and, and how long do you think he can be that guy? Don't you think like three more years, two more years is what your investment needs to be? Uh, Cleveland signed Nick Chubb to a three-year 36 you know, a little over, or is that, my math, is that 12 and a half? Yeah, a little, a little over, yeah. Little that, that, that's what I think is reasonable. Now, if Taylor wants more than that, I don't know. But I think whatever contract you give him, it's got to be realistically a two-year deal. You know, do all the numbers, you know, flower it up all you want. But essentially with what your investment is, is two years. And I think he's worth it. I think he's worth that. But beyond that, I just running backs just don't have that strong of a shelf life now. And, and the problem is, I, I just don't see a lot of motivation for the Colts to get a deal done right now because he hasn't done anything this offseason. Like he had a bad year last year and he's been hurt. You don't know what he is right now. You don't know how he's looking. You don't know how healthy he is. You're, you hope he's healthy. You hope he's ready to go in training camp. But if you're the Colts, why would you give him right now a three- or a four-year deal, whatever it is, for $36, $40 million? Because he's coming off a bad year, and he has been hurt. There's no impetus for them to push forward on him at all Other than you re-sign your own guys. Exactly. You re-sign your own guys. Okay, whatever. Okay, fine. Don't don't give me that. We re-signed our own guys. Fine. Well, you didn't re-sign Ben Banigal. He's one of your guys. No, no, no. Okay. (laughs) No, but but, but seriously, like, like if you're going to give that much money, there's something different about re-signing one of your own guys. And even, even throughout this season, like, even if Taylor has a really good year, like, I could foresee a possibility that he finishes out this contract and he gets franchised next year, just like what happened. Saquon to, Barkley. Exactly. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, guys that did Tony not Pollard. get market. Yeah, Tony oh, Pollard yeah. did not get multi-year contracts done because they're asking for more. They want more. Like, they've shown they think that they're very valuable to their teams. They're asking for a certain number. The team is not willing to budge. 
And I can totally see that happening here. I and, could see, you know, if you want to take that to the extreme, you have franchising two years. Right. The, the second year, of course, is much a much more dramatic franchise tag. Well, it's, I, I think this year the franchise tag's like a little over $10 million, And then the second franchise is like 120%. Yeah. You know, of an increase. So you're talking maybe two years, $24 million. Mm-hmm. And that the team would take that in a heartbeat. Right. I think so, too. I think so, too. Now, whether you worry about how the player reacts to that, I don't know. Um, you don't want to really irritate your, your who I think is your best player. But it's such a strange dynamic of he's your best player, but he's a running back. Mm-hmm. And you, all, everything you said, he, he's kind of – the bad year, I think, wasn't so much him as the offensive line because he, he had games where he played pretty well. So I thought if the offensive line had played better, if there was a passing game, he rushes at 1,200 yards. Just bring back Carson Wentz. He rushed for, what, 1,800 yards when Wentz was the quarterback? Right. But, right. but that's, <laughs> another, that's another thing. With, with the value of running backs, he rushes for 1,800 yards and has 20-some touchdowns, and they don't make the playoffs. Yep. So it, it's just a it's a very delicate dynamics they're looking at. I think they get something done. I, I do. I from everything you hear, boy, all they did was clean out loose particles in his ankle, whatever the heck that means. Well, there must have been a lot of loose particles from yeah. him to miss the entire offseason. I know, I know. You're, you're right. So I understand everything. You, everything you say is valid. I still think they they get that done because the owner loves him. Mm-hmm. The owner loves him, and it's his money. Yep. Uh, and, and whether or not, and we really haven't talked much about it, even in the off season, about Pittman, what they do with him. That's to me, that's more more interesting because they're both interesting. One's because of the position of the player, and Pittman because of the money involved, and the fact that there's certainly debate on whether he's actually a number one receiver. Mm-hmm. For, for me, those two scenarios are slightly different, but I come to the same conclusion in fact, in the fact that I would not be surprised if no deal gets done this offseason. Like, I could absolutely see a deal getting done, but not, no deal would not surprise me. For Taylor, it's what I already explained, that I don't think the Colts have a real reason to re-sign him right now. For Pittman, I th- foresee that he would rather, the ball being in his court, would not want to sign a deal and to bet on himself for one year uh, unless he gets with a that, more capable quarterback. Unless, unless. unless he gets that 22 or $23 million deal. Right. Completely. And I don't know if Chris Ballard is going to be willing to pony up that dough right now. If he is, more power to Pittman. Sign that deal. Uh, support your newly growing family. And, uh, and have a happy next three or four years here growing with Anthony Richardson under $22 million a year. Right? Right. Uh, but, but if you're not going to get that, I think I saw Pro Football Focus had it. Was it a $23 million a year deal? That'd be nice. Is what they project. But they nice. also projected Taylor at 15. <sighs> like four, four, for, four for 60. Is that math again? Is that right? So that, that, that's what it's, it's, it's really delicate because these are your two top skill positions taken within, what was it, seven picks of each other. Mm-hmm. And you've got right the young quarterback. J- J- Jalen Hurts right there, right after them. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But you've got the young quarterback and the idea of, well, we got Zach Moss and we got – no, you, you, got, you, need, you need elite talent around him. Mm-hmm. And it's just awkward because, again, one's a running back and, you know, and, and Pittman is – I like him, but he's not a one. Yeah, and you could get away with right now doing a – three-year deal with some of these guys if you stretch it out to like four or five-year deals receiver you might do that right you might but at that point you're getting into the time where you're going to have to pay you you want to pay quitty pay you know because uh, he's going to be a defensive end coming on the market and you think three years from now uh, after getting his fifth-year option picked up which is what you want i'm saying what the colts want they want to see quitty develop into a guy where they will pick up a fifth-year option and then sign him to a second contract so if you get beyond three years right now with Pittman and with um, and with Taylor, you get into the point where you have to re-sign those guys. Like Bernard Pay, Like Bernard Rodman mm-hmm. will be the same year because if, he's got he, a four-year deal. If he proves to be your left tackle, exactly. So you're going to have to pay money. Big deal. Yep. Yeah, twenty million at that point. Who knows? Maybe it'll be thirty million dollars a year in four years. Of course, years. the cap will be through it's a bit the much roof. bigger. Yes, completely. But it's still going to take away from. So, so that's that's the one thing that would maybe give the Colts a reason to try to sign these guys now is because the more su- you push it off. 
the years are still going to be the same in the future, but the money is going to, well, it's just going to push the years back by a year and the money's going to grow. But, but, but this is when you're supposed to do that. You've, right. You've got the rookie, you get, you got your quarterback on the rookie contract. Right. So for four years, you've got him cheap. Right. The fifth year option, it's, it's going it's to be. a big one. Whatever the franchise is of a quarterback, forty million. I don't right. know. At I'm that not, point, five years from but, now. But this is that's what they always say. Boy, you get that quarterback on his rookie contract. That's that's when you build the rest of the team, and you do that by re-signing your own mm-hmm. if you feel they're worth it. Which right. is that that's that's the tough ask on that is what 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 are they worth? And then you would love to be in the problem. The position is the Kansas City Chiefs and say, well, uh, Tyreek Hill is not a core piece of what we want to do so he can walk. Like, so you get to the point where these guys that are all pro caliber performers, you say, well. And mm. Pittman's not an all pro no, caliber no, player. No, he's not. So that's, again, that, that's. Not yet. And we've talked about this with, and I, I say more Pittman more than anybody, is how you evaluate his growth last year when, when they they couldn't push the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. So, and, and he, he, again, he, he should have played better, but. You know, you can only do what you can do in a passing game. So, again, these, this is very interesting. I think they do get one guy done. I just do. I think they get Taylor done uh, because, again, I think the owner loves him. Mm-hmm. He, you know, remember, it was at the, in the, tw- the 2021 training camp when he said, boy, if he's having dreams of a gold jacket, well, he should. Well, he, he had played two years. That sounds like Jim so, Mercy. Say that's 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 Jim Mercy right there. So, so but but that, but he hasn't changed. I think during at the owners' meetings he said, hundred percent we we want to we want to keep him." So, uh, and that's after his down year last year. So I I think because of the fact that it'll be a shorter contract, and you're not talking receiver money, I can see them getting Taylor done. You know. Even with all the legitimate concerns you bring, because they're legit, but Pittman's a little different because he, I don't think they see him as a one. But boy, if you don't resign him, and he goes to the market, th- then you got to replace him because mm-hmm. your receivers are going to be uh, Alec Pierce and, and Josh, Josh Downs and Josh Downs. Yeah, and you just can't do that. No. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, wrapping up our, uh, our show today from, uh, mini camp, by the way, you can follow us on Twitter at Colts blue zone for news and notes throughout the week. Mike Chappell is at M 51. His work is online. Fox59.com CBS 4 Indy.com. Matt Adams is stat. O I am at Dave G underscore sports. It was not the best, uh, mini camp for quarterbacks. Chappell. We, we touched on this earlier, but we can kind of wrap it up with what uh, Shane Steichen had to say about them saying it, it needs to get better. So he was, he was direct and he didn't say too much more after that as, as he is known to do keep things quick and to the point, but uh, just saying that the, the passing game needs to get better from where it was in training camp, which to one point should not be a surprise because you have uh, a guy who's in his first year here with these wide receivers and another guy who is started, 13 games in his college career who's here so i like i don't think i'm not raising any red flags about this at all saying that the that the passing game needs to get better um and to be honest if they were if he was coming out and saying yeah we're we're doing great well we're way ahead of schedule i think i would be more concerned frank, might, I would, have said, frank might have said he that. might have and i would have thinking that they're pulling the wool over our eyes in that scenario so I, I i thought i was more impressed with the quarterbacks both of them during the OTA period, when we saw him once a week for three weeks, I thought they threw the ball pretty well. We just, I just didn't see. We saw a lot of inconsistency, and I'm not going to blame it on Pittman not being out there and Downs not being out there because there's no pass rush, and even on seven on seven, it was inconsistent. You want to see more, but I'm not even remote, like you. I'm not remotely raising the the red flag. What I want to see. And again, while while we're out there watching, we're always charting. Well, who, who's running with the ones and who's running with the twos? We do, because that's what we do. Starting in training camp, it matters who's running with the ones and who's running with the twos. It just does. And whether or not they start camp with Minshew with the first group, and then by week two it's Richardson, I think that's going to tell us a lot because they're not going to be doing these. Well, we don't want to tip our hand. No, in training camp, you, you got to, you know, you've only got X number of practices that you're not going to call any of them off. So, <laughs> thank we, God, we, we will know. We will know in camp 
how they view these is Richardson getting ready is he closer if Minshew runs with the, with with the ones most of the time then then he's the one mm-hmm. he just is I will go on the record right now as saying if the Colts are bad in November, I will not blame just canceling one, one minicamp practice as the reason. Even though I do place partial blame of the many, many things that went wrong in 2021 uh, on them canceling basically the entire offseason. That's you, different. You, you were talking about the degrees of, of difference. Exactly. You know, scrapping the entire offseason program exactly. versus Well, then the quarterback breaks his foot. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And and first it practice. just became a cavalcade of comedy, it, yeah, of comedic errors. Oh, yes, man. on that. We, we don't need to go into it too no, much. Matt's no, just rubbing his face and rubbing his head like, come on, guys. <laughs> well, PTSD and, from and just, By the yet. way, he's, he's still a free agent. He is still a free agent. Just, he's out there for you, like I'm saying. Like, bring him back. JT, another 1,800-yard season. Uh, Anthony Richardson. Wait, 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 Ursa is still the owner, right? Yes. Okay. So it's not happening. <laughs> okay. Not okay. happening. <laughs> uh, I have more more likely a you chance to be. You're in that boat uh, all by yourself. I know. I, R- I, roll, I, roll away. And I will. I'll, I'll, I, I row it proudly. Uh, Anthony Richardson is uh, comfortable enough to be uh, joking with, with all of us out there. One uh, of the great introductory one-liners we've had. Yes, Chap was sitting there uh, expecting a little bit of uh, knowledge dropping from the from the rookie, uh, answering his first question, and he delivers uh, an impeccably timed I'm just here so I don't get fined. And it was the delivery. Mm-hmm. It was because he thought about it. and Because he remember he said, yeah, then he laughed. He said, I told my mom I was going to do that. <laughs> so that's what you want. I, I, and I wrote about it is we're not going to know if, if he's the guy for months, maybe a year or two. If not an entire year, year and a half. Right. Like to part, part of next season. And but, that's not entirely ridiculous. No, it's to not. Suggest. Again, but, and I think part of part of the, the franchise understands that. Again, 13 starts. 13. But there's so, not so much more because you've got to be the player. But other things, he, he is the face of the franchise. He, to, to a lot of extent, is the voice of the franchise. He's the personality of the franchise. And to see him interact with the media, I, 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 and that can be overblown. It, it can. But but to show how at ease he is with himself, I thought I thought I was that I was probably more impressed with that than anything. He wasn't he, he wasn't bombastic, he wasn't bragging, but he just kind of gave you of himself and I, I was impressed with it. And that that's that's part of the job is is being the spokesman of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the big changes he says so far, just in his brief time now in OTAs and minicamps, is just tighter windows, especially in the red zone. Like, like you've said before with Peyton Manning's first day, like he, there's a guy out there, he doesn't throw the ball, uh, it comes to the offensive coach on the sideline. I don't know if it was Tom Moore or if it was, it was somebody Tom, else. It, may, but it, was, it was Bruce Arians. It was Bruce Arians, yeah, that's right. Uh, and he says, why didn't you throw the ball? Well, guy wasn't open. Arians says... That is open in the NFL. In the son. NFL, that's open. Yeah, right. and in the red zone, it, it's just amplified, um, co- completely amplified, because uh, it, it just get it gets so what, difficult to and, score and down what, there. Where he's going to run into sort sort of conflict, like all quarterbacks, maybe particularly young ones, is they're going to stress to them, protect the ball, protect the ball, protect the ball. Mm-hmm. Yet you've got to be aggressive, and when those tight windows are open, you've got You've got to take your shot. So uh, again, any any Frank Reich all the time he was here, it was protect football. You know, even with Carson Wentz, it was you know twenty seven of seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. it's, it's still one of the long time incredible numbers. Mm-hmm. But you you can you can deal with mistakes, but red zone mistakes just are are so so counterproductive. But take care of the football, but be aggressive. And that's what a young quarterback's got to understand. Yeah, we'll close it out today with a good quote that uh, Matt uh, threw us here at, with, from Anthony Richardson in his availability saying, quote, it's just a matter of me putting in the work. I'm not just doing it for show. I actually want to learn this information, know this information for the team because I don't want to get thrown in there and I'm lost. And the team is like, why is this dude out there? And I, I love that because no one is going to know more whether Anthony Richardson deserves to play or not than his teammates. Nobody will know better, not even the coaches, because it's his teammates that are out there with him every time taking those snaps. And if he does not deserve to be out there, that will be the attitude. It is, why is this dude out there? Because you look at guys like DeForest Buckner and Ryan Kelly, they want to win games. Like, they don't just want to develop the quarterback. They're not looking to 2024 and 2025. Right now, they want to win. And so if, if, the, if, if the doubt is there at all among his teammates, like even if they come up to us and they say the right things, 
you you know if the doubt is there, like that'll be their attitude. Well, and we're going to be able to tell, like I said, we're going to be able to tell in training camp, you know, what the picking order is at all positions, but quarterback, and we'll be able to see with our idiot eyes who's playing well, who's not playing well. Speak for yourself. Well, I know, I know. But, but so many times you go out there and, and the coaches say, yeah, he had a great day. Like, no, he like, didn't. no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Stop. Uh, you know, there were 3,000 people in the stands. So we'll know. And another quote that he gave us is, you know, he, he understands his position and he says, I can't do the bare minimum. You know, the coach won't allow it, the GM won't allow it, the owner, and he, he won't allow it himself. So he understands all all of this he understands the, the the importance of his position the obligation that the team has put towards him he will do everything he has to do to put himself in a position to succeed and again we're going to see in training camp we're going to i think we're going to see training camp whether there's weekly progression and whether he's heading in the right direction to start and you're right if he's not ready it, it's so counterproductive to put a quarterback out there when they're going to say, hey, we're trying to win. You know, and again, I, I would argue the AFC South is is winnable. It, it's winnable. You the know, Jaguars had to win like four or five in a row at the end of last season to win the AFC and, South. And what have they shown us over 10 years to say, yeah, they can do it again. I realize <laughs> it's, an entirely, it, it's totally different, but this team is playing 17 games and you're playing against the AFC South and the NFC South, two awful divisions. So if you play well, you've got a chance to, to be decent. That That's a low bar, it's decent. But if you put a quarterback out there and he's lost, just lost, then the rest of the teams are going to say, you're right, what are you doing? And again, if I'm a divorced Buckner, he would never do it. But if you see the team basically building for next year, Boy, that t- tight ha- hamstring of mine is really tight, mm-hmm. and th- they won't do that. But but but, like you said, players know. No one knows more than players on, on who should be playing. So we look forward to seeing exactly who will be playing when the Colts reconvene in Westfield for training camp at the end of July. A couple weeks off for the team between now and then. Uh, we'll nail down our exact plans, but we'll still deliver uh, plenty of content over the next weeks here on the Colts Blue Zone podcast and uh, give you maybe uh, some interviews that we've done uh, over the past couple weeks with uh, with players, with coaches, uh, hearing from them at minicamp, and then uh, we'll get into some more um, uh, some more things as training camp approaches and the season as well, uh, dealing with the roster and what we expect to see here in Westfield uh, leading up to the 2023 season. So for Mike Chappell, Matt Adams, I'm Dave Griffiths. We appreciate you listening, and we will see you later on the Colts Blue Zone podcast.